and welcome to the Burning Hearts podcast. My name is Nate. I'm one of the pastors here at Burning Hearts Church, and we're excited um, to be interviewing Caleb Allness today. How's it going, Caleb? Good. How are you? Good. Glad to be here. Good. So Caleb is the youth pastor and the communications pastor here at Burning Hearts Church. He's also a good friend. I haven't known him quite as long as some of the other pastors here on staff, but uh, in the short time I've been working with him, we've we've had a lot of fun. Yeah, we've gotten to go out hunting and everything too, which has been a blast. Yes, so. we share some common passions. I can always, common passions. Yes, I can always talk to, to Caleb about, about hunting or video games, which he probably knows a lot more about than I do, but it's still fun to talk. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and uh, just maybe nerd out a little bit on some different things. Oh yeah, we definitely nerd out a little bit, uh, yeah. which is a, which is really fun, so. And Caleb is a hands-on person too, and so whenever we need to do some work around the church, I'm always like knocking on Caleb's door, so it's it's fun. Happy to always help, that's that's always something I, I love to do, so. Awesome, so Caleb, let's, let's jump into this interview. Um, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about your background, mm-hmm. um, your testimony, how you came to know Jesus? Yeah, so we'll start way back when I was little. So uh, my parents, growing up, I had a family of, well, there's three other boys, so family of four boys, uh, second of the four. And my dad was a uh, youth pastor for about 17 years, as well as for the last 15 years, he was a camp director. Um, so. Ministry was kind of a part of our lives. We always really grew up in that, grew up knowing the Bible um, pretty strongly. Uh, was originally um, gave my life to Jesus when I was five. I remember vividly, I was like in my bed uh, having a conversation with my dad and just was like, kind of figuring out that for the first time and being like, wait, Jesus is in my heart yet? Like, I want him in my heart now. Like, I want him like now. And almost like in tears being like, I, I haven't had him yet. And my, my dad was like, it's okay. Like, let's just go through the, like, you know, the, um, that prayer and uh, kind of was that kid growing up where I was like, well, do I, do I really have Jesus in my heart? And kind of always praying that prayer. Um, so I usually say I didn't really make my faith my own until I probably was in middle school or high school. Um, and it was actually at Bible camp when I was actually a camper. Um, and I remember vividly to just, uh, it was probably my sophomore year of high school when I was at camp and I just like had this radical encounter in worship with the Lord. Um, probably not as radical as we have here at Burning Hearts because uh, in the past, like growing up, I grew up in a very kind of traditional church. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that aspect, it was very um, radical and um, just like got to this point where the Lord really just challenged my heart internally where I just like really felt like I mean like, do you really like believe the faith that you say that you believe? Um, and kind of really took that challenge seriously myself and uh, wanted to really commit myself in a, in a greater way. And I feel like at that point it was in the place where I moved past the, I'm gonna make my parents' faith my faith and actually step into know like what they've instilled in me is gonna become now my faith and I'm gonna walk this thing out myself. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that was kind of really my like turning point and kind of from there just continue to like fall in love with the Lord in a greater measure. Um, and then fast forward, graduating high school, um, came up here to Moorhead, Minnesota uh, to finish my uh, college de- degree. I got a degree in graphic design originally um, and kind of always had a heart for ministry, didn't know what that was gonna look like, um, but just kind of was like, Lord, I will do whatever you call me to do. Um, kind of jokingly sometimes like, I just don't wanna be a pastor, but like <laughs> that. All, looking back, a lot of it was comparison with my father sure. um, and just being like, I'm not my dad. Um, and the Lord's really renewed my heart in that in, in the last couple of years. But, um, 
kind of went into this place, really felt um, the creative outlet and just really had a passion to create things. And even there was a time when I was in a class at school for art history and we were looking through old manuscripts of like, whatever um like it was like the cairo is what it was it's like old bible manuscripts um and we were talking about how like they weren't there weren't many that were made and basically the professor at one point was like going through all these intricate details of how it was like made and just this beautiful piece and she asked like well why would they go through all this work um and some student just out of the blue just trying to like well it's like pleasing to the eye and it's enjoyable to look at and she's like yeah actually like there's only so many manuscripts made and they wanted this because it was a way to share the gospel with people. Wow. Um, and they wanted it to be visually appealing and exciting for people to like want to sit for hours to listen to a priest reading it. Wow. Um, and so that kind of really stuck really hard in me where I was like, man, God, I want to, I want to make the gospel and your, your story so visually appealing and also just appealing in general, but yeah. to capture people's attention to like, want to just sit for hours and like, learn about who you are and how great of a God you are. So that kind of took me down that path too. And so, um, we'll, we'll fast forward. Like I'm kind of, cause I'm going a little long on this, but basically through that finished college, I uh, met my wife, um, and been married now for four years and kind of right out of college, got connected here at burning hearts and, um, started out with doing some of the graphic work here and then kind of evolved into where I am now. So yeah, that's yeah. an amazing journey. And it's kind of neat in your story, you kind of wrapped up some of the different um, aspects or, or the things, the ways that you express yourself in, in ministry in, in really a, a neat way. Uh, first of all, talking about that, that time period so critical in our lives that, that probably everybody goes through, mm-hmm. where if they grew up in, in a Christian home where they have to make their faith their own. Yeah. And you, you describe that so well. And the cool part now is that you get to walk so many kids through that as as being a youth pastor and then and then this idea of wanting to express the beauty of of jesus the beauty of the gospel and actually make things appealing uh, to the eye through creativity uh, through the creativity that god has given you mm-hmm. um really neat and so it's it's kind of cool you get to wrap um, both of those things up and in, in what you do here. So yeah, pretty exciting. So you, you talked a little bit about your background growing up um, as a, a PK and a DK, director's yeah. kid, I guess you might yep. call it, uh, at, a, at a Bible camp. And um, so the uh, church that you grew up with was probably what you'd describe as kind of a fundamental evangelical type church. Yeah. And so what was your experience with the Holy Spirit like? And was that something that came later in life? How did you yeah. start uh, learning about Holy Spirit and, and encountering Him? Totally. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it definitely was later in life. Um, so this would have been around the time I was in college. So as I kind of moved up to Moorhead um, and attended MSUM here, I got plugged in kind of through a crazy story. I got a job at Dunbro's Coffee, uh, and it was like my first job up here. And which Dunbro's did you work at, by the way? The Forty Fifth Street one. Okay, so I, so this is a total sidetrack, but I used to live over there uh, off of Nineteenth Avenue, okay. kind of in some apartments. And I would go there on my way to work every day. To the point where the the workers got to know my voice in the in the drive wow. and so they know it would meet, was me and would have my drink ready when I went. That's through. amazing. And I even got invited to one of their employee parties like 
once or twice. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty funny. That's so awesome. I love Dunn Brothers. That's funny. Oh yeah, yeah. Dunn, Dunn Brothers was great. I I loved it. I only ended up working there for about a year, sadly, but I would have gone for a lot longer if I if I could have. But yeah, I the cool thing about Dunn Brothers too is the. Um, owners were believers and um, loved Jesus, as well as most of their staff were uh, young adults in college, like just Jesus followers. And so that's actually where I met, um, for those that attend Burning Hearts, know Sabrina Fogrud, who's been a worship leader. She and I worked at Dunbrose together. Cool. Um, and I also trained in Ian Anderson, who is married to Sage Anderson, who is our old kids director, yeah. uh, kids pastor. And, um, kind of just like random things like that where so I was connecting with these people and a lot of them grew up going to First Assembly now in Northview here at church, uh, in Fargo and uh, Chase Seltzer who um, was interning with Pastor Cal who was the youth pastor at the time uh, kind of just heard my heart and how much I loved youth uh, at that point I had served on summer staff a couple of years uh, at Lake Beauty where I grew up and just that was where I really fell in love with young people and just being like I have a heart to see just youth like really be activated um, and also understand the love of Jesus. But kind of in that place, it led me to go and volunteer and serve at First Assembly as a youth leader under Pastor Cal. Um, and it was in that place that I really discovered and encountered the Holy Spirit yeah. um, in that tangible way. Um, at first, it kind of was like that ease in where I was kind of like, I don't, I don't know what this is about. Mm. But I also like what I think is so cool is the way I was raised. I have a really like good understanding of like the word and so even just as pastor cal would share things like it's like well okay it's in like the bible so mm -hmm. like this isn't blasphemy or crazy stuff it's just more of like i don't understand it, i don't comprehend it yeah. and so i just need to understand more and so it almost like gave me a desire and a hunger to just to understand more of it like i remember times like staying there and talking with pastor cal or even some of the other leaders just asking them questions like okay like what did he mean by this what did he mean by that um and just navigating some of those things mm -hmm. um so really that was kind of the, my intro into experiencing that um, in my life. And it kind of then propelled where a few years later, um, it was actually at a young adult uh, night here at Burning Hearts where I actually was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Awesome. Um, so that was a few years later, but um, yeah, that's kind of where like my intro came in, it was like through college, so. Very cool, very cool. So let's transition a little bit. Um, and you mentioned that you've been married to your wife, Olivia, uh, for four years. and. Something that I've learned about you in just the short time that we've been closer, I guess, I've known you for a while, um, is that family is important to you. Mm -hmm. uh, tell me a little bit about your family, and I guess my question would be, like, what would you consider the core values mm -hmm. of your family? Yeah, this was a great question. Like, I spent a lot of time even praying and talking with her, too. Um, we had some mentor friends even this last year that really challenged us in that, too. Like, you guys need to, like, you guys have values, but do you like really know what they are? And, mm. um, you know, when, when we sat down to think about it, there's like a long list of it, but the ones that I just like felt um, led to share was we really want our family, like and I say us as in my wife, Olivia and I, uh, we really want our home for future kids and, and um, people that just come in to know like we're a family of vulnerability, mm. we're a family that's open, uh, that nothing is too difficult for us to handle. Um, or if it is that we're willing to process through and walk through this, but we'd rather be vulnerable and open, um, even through our actions of being able to say like where we're at and processing things with, um, with our with our children, um, you know, and obviously in the in the respect of what they can handle and saying it in a way that they can handle it, but being able to be vulnerable with them to share through like, hey, we're processing through this stuff too, and um, 
just being open with them and transparent is kind of even another word too, like just being that transparency piece with them. Yeah. Um, and we really want to be a family that's uh, obviously super grounded in the word, um, but even in aspects that we are doing in our life in, in general and all the way around with being wholehearted in what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, like doing everything with our whole being and being fully sold in on whatever that piece may be. Um, and those are those are some of the like bigger ones. There's so many other things that we feel are like values in our home. Um, that has also been interesting navigating in this season as we've invited uh, some kids that are foster kids that are, haven't been navigated in that process, but um, learning to like bring those family values into them and, and instilling it in them um, has been an interesting, like beautifully interesting process. That's really cool. So vulnerability and wholeheartedness yep. would be two of the top core values. That's really neat. Um, so just kind of to, to follow on what you just mentioned with with uh, foster parenting, um, what kind of led you into mm-hmm. doing that and then Maybe the first question would be, what, what's the biggest thing the Lord had to do in your hearts before uh, receiving foster kids? Yeah, yeah. So it's been a crazy journey, uh, and it really started probably almost a year and a half ago that we've really were deciding on this. My wife has three adopted siblings, um, two of which were adopted through the foster care system, so they were foster to adopt. Uh, my parents, when I was really little, fostered a few kids as well. Um, and my parents actually met because both my grandparents did foster care through the same organization down in the Twin Cities. Uh, and both my grandparents had had over 100 kids in their home in foster care wow, during their so time. you have a heritage of this. So we have a heritage, yeah. So it's it's been something that my wife and I, from when we first met, uh, five years ago now that um, one of our first conversations was that we both have a huge heart for foster and adoption mm-hmm. um, and knew that we didn't know what the timing of it was, but we wanted, to, we were like very sure that both of us were like, God has this on our heart for a reason. Um, and so a year and a half ago, the Lord just really laid it on our heart to be like, this is time to start actually thinking about the process and actually like, like follow me in this process. And so we started really small and we probably took longer than most people usually do when it comes to it. Um, just because we were really just processing with the Lord through a lot of different things going on in that season. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the big things that I felt uh, the Lord needed to teach uh, me was learning him to trust, like to trust him in all areas. Because yeah. um, in a lot of ways with foster care, for, for those that don't know, uh, foster care is there's so many unknowns. Uh, you're, you're truly signing up for you don't know what. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a phone call one day and they say, hey, I got these kids that need a home. Um, and you, you have the ability to say no, but also in those moments it's so hard to say no. And th- I'm, I'm so thankful for Holy Spirit to be able to be like, okay, Holy Spirit, what do you think? Like, is this the right call? Like, yeah. is this what you're asking us to do? Um, but just learning to really trust him and surrendering even more of myself and what I have as a perceived plan or thought um, has been also a learning thing for us too. Because, uh, you know, we, even though we are like, we don't know God's timing on this, there's always certain times where we're like, well, maybe we'll start with having biological kids and then have them grow up a little bit, build a family like Val, like core value and family culture and then introduce some foster kids into that and right. have all that but that wasn't God's plan and learning to have to like surrender what maybe our perceived thoughts were yeah. uh, and say okay God what do you have for us are there kids that we need to welcome into our home and into our family to love in this season um, to you ultimately hopefully lead them to encounter you and your love in the process yeah I remember as you were 
praying about receiving the, the foster placement that you have now and, and just kind of like processing it in, in the natural. It was just like, this doesn't make any sense at all. I yeah. mean, this is crazy, you know, but the Lord uh, led you into it and it's been just a beautiful process for, for all of you. So it's really neat, like you said, how the Holy Spirit works in all of it. Um, personally, what have you been learning the most about yourself mm-hmm. um, as becoming a father like instantly yeah. versus the process that many of us get of you know kind of pondering it for for nine months and, and that anticipation it was just i mean you, you had thought about foster care but then it's all of a sudden bam there you go right you have kids so what what has the lord taught you about being a father through this man I, it's a great question to you i because it's true it was like you can prepare as much as you can, but then there's still that whirlwind effect of all of a sudden, like overnight, you become a, a, a parent um, and a father. And really, I feel the piece that's been one of the biggest things that I've learned is the actual like, or maybe not the actual, but a greater understanding of the unconditional love of like God, the father. Um, I've even seen just in my own life, like my wife and I, we constantly are talking about our, our kids. Um, and for those that don't know, we have we have three foster kids right now. One's just turned 14. We have an eight-year-old and then one that's 14 months. Mm-hmm. Um, so a wide range of ages. But uh, every time we talk about these kiddos, we just are overwhelmed by just the love we have for them. And we've been like blown away at just like, wow, like, these aren't even our biological kids, but we have such a like love for them mm. that is just unimaginable and like unfathomable even sometimes to you. Um, and I feel like that's just kind of even given me a greater understanding of even how God's unconditional love for us, like far outreaches what we can even imagine. Like we, we know the love of the father, but it far, it, it reaches far more than that, even in our lives. And so I think that's been a really cool, like, reality that I've been realizing too, is we even talk about how, you know, scripture talks about we were adopted into uh, Christ's family. And um, not that foster care necessarily is adoption specifically, but um, the idea of it or or the idea is to to take care of these these kids in this season to bring them back into their family. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes it turns into adoption, but um, just that whole process of even just like welcoming them in and being like, you're part of our family. We're going to give you unconditional love in this process and be there for you and support you through the good times and the hard times. And, um, yeah, I just feel like that's been something that's been huge is like just understanding that unconditional love in a greater measure. Awesome. Yeah, that's really good. And, you know, for for people out there listening that that maybe haven't thought about foster care um, and now just kind of hearing your story uh, are just kind of open up to like, OK, or, or intrigued yeah. by it. You know, when when I think about foster care, it's like, oh, this is something actually built into the framework of our society that helps us take care of the orphan, mm-hmm. so to speak, even though they're maybe not necessarily orphans, they're uh, orphaned for a season yeah. because of um, different um, uh, circumstances in their life. And so it, it's a beautiful thing that that I, I think that people who are, are capable and willing to do um, our our government, our society gives us the framework to do it mm-hmm. and actually tries to equip us to do it yeah. as well as they can. Um, so kind of saying that, like what, what would be your advice to someone that is considering foster care? Yeah, absolutely. That's great too. Um, man, I mean, my first thing 
is simply just surrender yourself to the will of God. Um, I feel like, you know, I could say so many things, but again, even for myself, I had to get to this place where I had to surrender any ideas that I had of my future um, and the timing of things and just say, God, what's your timing of things? Like, what do you have for myself, for my wife, for my family? Like, what do you have? And surrendering my, my will to those things. And then in that process too, just even trusting the process, uh, being open to what God has um, so that as you surrender, you then just have that faith and trust. No, okay, God, you're going to, you're going to reveal what you want to be done in this process. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to navigate this thing. Cause there's going to be different steps and different times. And, and the, the great thing is even for, for my wife and I, like we, like I mentioned, we took a little bit longer than probably most people do. Um, and it's okay to do that too. Like I want to, even if there's people on that are watching that, like listening to this, that are maybe feeling that pull to do foster care, but maybe are like, I still need some time to process. Like it's okay to start the process. Yeah. Uh, even when we started it, I had some maybe restrictions or, or I don't want to say doubts, but just like these thoughts of like, Oh, is this the right timing? And maybe not fully surrendering myself in that moment yet. Mm-hmm. But even in that place, like we went through the process, I filled out the application. I was like, my wife was like, well, let's just start with the first step. Let's fill out the application yeah. and let's go from there. Yeah. Um, and kind of, as we took those small steps, the Lord continued to like show me as I was surrendering my will to this thing and my plan that he was going to be there for us and he was going to give us what we needed to be able to do the work that he had for us in this. Yeah. What about some practical things? So is there, you know, if someone's interested, like where do they go to, to start the process? Yeah. So, I mean, simply you can, I mean, you can easily Google stuff. I think my wife uh, was the one that originally found the application. She just like Googled, like, where do you get the foster care application? And it, I think led her to our county. So we went through our county. Um, so even if you're like, I don't know how to Google this or that gets confusing, you can always go to probably your county, like your local county and within the state, like buildings and stuff, they have all that stuff figured out for you. Um, there are private organizations you can work with too. Um, like I'm forgetting which one here, uh, in town is, but, um, we felt like we wanted to go into the county and actually serve um, our county through that. And so I, I believe as my wife searched it, she found um, the county website, found the link for the application, and we started filling that out. And then as you filled that out, it gets sent out, and then you get phone calls and contacts from there. Um, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And and I'm assuming that you and Olivia be willing to answer any questions or give advice oh, yeah. uh, to anybody who's interested, who's out there listening. Oh yeah, we definitely would. It's been, it's been a crazy journey. There's lots of even just little practical things to you in that, that, that come up that you just don't know, like getting your house up to code to have a kid in your home and things yeah. like that, that is different for everybody, but um, we would be more than happy to connect with people that are interested. Awesome. Awesome. Let's talk about youth pastoring a little bit. And so, you know, part of my motivation for doing this podcast with with you, Caleb, is uh, those um, people who are part of our Burning Hearts family who come here on a Sunday, maybe don't always get to see you, but those who are, you know, have youth see you all the time. And and, um, I wanted, you know, a greater audience to kind of get to know who you are and, and your passion uh, for youth and and we have a, a group of youth that are just they're just on fire for awesome. Jesus yeah and and that's because of your leadership and mm-hmm. so um, I wanted to give you a chance to talk a little bit about youth 
And, and really, first of all, tell me your dream um, or dreams that you'd like to see come to life uh, within our youth and the youth ministry here at yeah. church. Yeah. I mean, simply put, well, like there's so many dreams I have, I could spend hours on it, so I won't. Uh, but really truly, I think when it comes down to it, like what boils down to it is the aspect of, I just wanna see this generation of kids activated to bring the love of Jesus and the gospel to the world uh, and in the ways and the unique ways that God's gifting them to do it. Uh, it's so cool and also interesting the season that we're in with young people where um, there's been a lot of um, prophets and, and, and pastors and people that I've been in contact with that are even just share, sharing that this is a really unconventional generation of, of students. Um, and just their willingness to do unconventional things that are going to like reach people in ways that maybe we haven't done in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, and kind of just this new, uh, true, this new generation of just going after that. And I, I really want to see our students continue to be activated in not only their personal, like talents and abilities and gifts, but also just the supernatural gifts too. Mm -hmm. Um, and really stepping into that boldness to, to see those gifts come out and to see signs and wonders follow them as they go and bring the gospel. Um, but doing it in the way that works for them and the way that their brain is wired. Um, and sometimes it might look crazy and it might look different, but um, there's something really beautiful about that too and how they how they navigate that. And so seeing that, I mean, in some practical ways of that, like I wanna see, we have a lot of kids that are really passionate about worship, which is great because that's really what our churches, we go after worship and prayer. Um, and, our, and our students are very much the same. And so even just seeing them activated in their gifts of playing instruments and worshiping um, and in their uh, gifts of, of intercession and praying. Like I have a lot of students that are crazy intercessors that I'm wanting to activate them and like, all right, let's, let's have you like, here's the mic, pray into it, pray into something, like give them, give them something to pray into and uh, like lead them in that way too. Yeah. That's really cool. I just want to highlight a couple other things that, that you're doing, Caleb, kind of along uh, with youth ministry and, You've really um, got a heart for connection in our city, and so uh, Caleb meets with uh, youth leaders or youth pastors from a bunch of different, that represent a bunch of different churches within our region, uh, also have been doing some different joint events with, yeah. with some churches, especially here in West Fargo, that have been really awesome. So you have this heart to bring unity mm -hmm. um, to the body of Christ, and, and uh, unity through the youth, and, and you believe that that can actually bring unity uh, across generations. Yeah. Um, so that's really neat. And, but another thing that we maybe didn't plan to talk about, but I, I want to highlight it a little bit, is that you're doing this thing called Digital Disciples. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so just talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So I'll give you the quick, like kind of how the Lord led me to this thing really fast and then kind of share what, what we're doing with it. But really what it was is in this season of COVID that we were in back when it first really started, I just got to this place in prayer with the Lord being like, God, like, how do I connect with both my students I currently have right now where we're not able to meet in person, as well as connect with other students in our city that just need positive connection. Uh, and the Lord kind of just led me to this place, really simply just asking me like, Caleb, where would you be if you were a 15, 16 year old? And I was like, God, I'd probably be playing video games on my PlayStation or whatever. <laughs> and he's like, go there. Wow. And so it kind of started in this place where I had talked to Pastor Jane. I was like, hey, I have this crazy idea to do a Friday night like 
gaming event with some youth kids. Is that okay if I like do something like that? She's like, yeah, go for it, why not? And so it really started where we just did like Friday night events where I would play Fortnite with the boys and youth group and my wife would play, uh, for those that know Jackbox games, like these these group games yeah. on our computer with the girls. Um, and we would just kind of start doing some stuff like that and just have a place to connect. Um, and what was interesting is I found that not only for just my students, but other students that I connected with, um, for those that maybe we feel like sometimes they're maybe socially awkward or they don't want to talk, like they actually go online and, and talk through that way in, in some really interesting ways. So it was cool to kind of enter into that place for some of those students yeah. that almost opened up in a greater level than I even realized could happen through that. Awesome. Um, and kind of as we did that for a little while, the Lord just led me into another place. So he's like, you know, I was like, okay, this is cool, but like, what else can I do? And he was like, well, what else do they do? And I was like, well, I think kids watch games sometimes online. And he's like, yeah, you should start streaming video games. Uh, and that kind of birthed what is now Digital Disciples, which is a, uh, currently we're on YouTube and we, we stream games off of there. And our, our focus really, we may have this really cheesy tagline of making disciples one pixel at a time. Uh, and kind of go after that great commission of going and making disciples. And we believe that uh, you can love both Jesus and games and you can use this as an outlet to build a, a really solid online community that is going after Jesus through diving into scripture together and just building community with one another. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, Cause I can, I can testify that, that kids love watching people play video games on, on YouTube, my kids included. Yeah. And we do it fairly often. And there's, there's a person within our church that, that does it to yeah. a, a really uh, amazing level. And, and it's just, I think it's really neat how um, Jesus, how the Holy Spirit is not limited mm -hmm. by our imagination and he's not limited to the forms uh, of church that yeah. we traditionally hold to. He can, he can reach people through whatever means. And I, I think this is just one of the means that he's using in this generation and the generations to come to, to, um, to disciple people, like mm -hmm. you said, to share the gospel. And so I think it's cool. And, and I wanted to make sure that people heard about it. So check out Digital Disciples on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> Follow them. And if you like video games, uh, connect with us. We The other heart behind it, too, is we want people playing with us, too, and connecting with us on there. And um, we have this really cool thing called Discord that's, like, where we do a lot of the community development yeah. piece. And so every day we, we have a little, like, bot on there that sends scripture and we try to have conversations based off of those scriptures and just um building even those kind of areas of, of community um and going after like scripture and god and jesus together so awesome so i'm not too up on discord i know what it is yeah. i used it before but so they can actually follow you on discord they well. can yep yeah. yep so if you find us on youtube there's like links that are tied to it to find our discord and that's really our easiest way of communication um or ways that you can like be daily up to date with us. Like there's usually always a conversation going on there every day. Awesome. Well, let's transition to some more questions just about yourself, maybe yeah. a little bit lighter. Um, so the, this one, interesting, like youth pastoring is your dream job, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> you get to say that too, that, you know, your, your pastor at church here, but say it wasn't your, your dream job. Uh, what do you think you would have ended up doing or what would you hope you ended up doing? Yeah, so as I mentioned before, going to school in graphic design and really having a heart for the creative realm um, and kind of in a lot of ways, like not seeing myself going to be a pastor. Um, 
my kind of thought was to one day go and be a creative director at a nonprofit organization. There's a lot of really cool ones. Um, like I know locally we have Unseen Ministries. Yeah. Um, they do some really great work with with people all over the country. Um, and there's there's a few other ones down in the Twin Cities area as well that do just work for other ministries and, and organizations. And so I really thought I saw myself one day going into the ministry field of being somebody that could help bring creative direction to help continue further the gospel in um, countries all over the world and giving resources maybe in ways that they weren't capable of producing um, or maybe they were, but they didn't have the time and it was easier for me to create it for them and send it to them. Mm -hmm. That would help create content to help them um, spread the gospel further. Cool. Uh, so, you know, we've talked a little bit about gaming, we've yeah. talked a little bit about hunting, you know, you like to do those things in your downtime. Is mm -hmm. there anything else that, that you would say um, you enjoy, hobbies, anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I'm a big book reader. I love reading. Um, so you can usually find me if I'm not doing those things. I'm usually at home cozied up with a book and some coffee. Uh, I love coffee as I worked at Dunbro's. Um, I also worked at Starbucks. Um, my wife just currently bought me a little frothing thing so I can like make lattes at home now for my nice. foster daughters and my, my wife. And so it's it's fun. I get into that a little bit too. It's kind of a fun hobby. Um, maybe roast it's, or light roast? Ooh, or depends. it depends on the day. Okay. I, I like light roast when I need more caffeine because it's the higher caffeine level. Okay. But I'm more naturally am inclined to like the medium to dark roast. Not full dark, but kind of medium to dark uh, when it comes to flavor. So okay. so what, like if you went to one of the chains, whether, whether local or a, a national chain, chain, what would your go-to drink be? I usually always start when I go to like local places, but even when it's my first time, getting their black coffee. Okay. Um, just cause I always like to see just how they roast their beans. Um, but then usually, if I'm going for like a latte of sorts, I kind of like the more not as sweet ones. So things like cafe meals, which are like cinnamon and honey mm -hmm. uh, lattes and, th and things like that. And so usually it's those things. But if you're local and you go to 20 below, get the Kinnick latte. Those ones are always my favorite and my go to. Nice. So awesome. Um, I guess I'd like to just wrap up and give you a chance to give a piece of encouragement to our listeners. So if it if you could tell them one thing right now in this season, hmm. what would it be? Yeah, so what I think I would want to encourage you guys with is to just be present where you're at right now. Uh, even for myself right now, I've been really wrestling with different things going on in life, um, both good and hard, and I've just felt the Lord continue to encourage me to be present with Him in the moment. Um, and. Uh, it kind of led where originally it was me thinking about my foster kids and being like, mm -hmm. God, I want to give them like the understanding of what the future is going to hold for them. But the reality is, is I can't actually tell them what the future is going to hold right now because um, there's still a lot of unknowns as it is for everybody else. Um, but I think that that father nature came in. I was like, I want them to know like that they're going to be OK. And I, and I can give them that reassurance of being OK, but I just can't tell them what it's going to look like. Right. And I felt like the Lord was saying, Caleb, you can't promise them tomorrow, but you can give them today. Yeah, that's good. Um, and kind of brought me back to that that verse in the, uh, where where Jesus is saying, like, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has enough worries of its own. Matthew, um, six, Matthew yeah. 6, yeah. And being able to just focus in on being present um, and giving my kids, giving my family, giving those that I, I see each day 
everything in me in that in that moment and being present then um and as well as anything i'm processing or feeling to be present in that and allow god to like work through that um because there's going to be more worries that come in the following days and there's going to be more things that come up and just learning that process of how do you be present um has been such a challenge to me um but a good one where it's learning to really rely on the strength of God to to walk you through. And that's not to not dream for the future. Uh, I don't want that to be the thing. It's like you definitely dream for the future, but learning to dream while also being present with what God's giving you right now to help you have a greater impact in all that you're doing. That's good. That's so. really good. That's good advice. Be present. <laughs> be present. Be present. Awesome. Well, Caleb, I had such a great time. Great. Um, just a interviewing you, allowing you to, to share your heart and hopefully um, letting our, our Bernie Hearts family see the man sometimes behind the curtain, literally, or the door <laughs> during our church services. Yeah. Um, it, it was just really awesome to hear your heart. Yeah, it was awesome. Thank you so much for uh, allowing me to come in and do this. This is fun. Yeah. Awesome. Well, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in and uh, listening to the interview here with Pastor Caleb Allness. Um, as always, if if you'd like, reach out to us on social media. We want to hear from you. We want to hear what you liked, what you didn't like. If there's people you'd like us to interview, uh, things you'd like us to change, we would love to hear your feedback. Um, be blessed and uh, keep the fire burning. Mm-hmm.